1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: The Antichrist and his armies are going to gather, and they are going to invade Israel for the purpose of destroying the Jewish people, and Jesus Christ will come to rescue the people of Israel. And so the War of Armageddon is the event that prompts the return of Jesus Christ to the earth, and Jesus Christ will come literally, physically to the earth. He will destroy the Antichrist and his armies, and he will establish his kingdom on the earth, and ruled over the earth.
1: Jesus is our conquering Savior. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dan, he teaches you about the coming reign and rule of Jesus. He will return to this earth, and when he does, everyone will know him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He has complete authority and power, and he will establish his kingdom. Pastor Dan explains that Satan's time will be up, and every creature will bow to him and to his rule. Jesus told us that in this world we will have trouble, but to take heart because he's overcome the world. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 16 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: Armageddon will be the war that ends all wars. And so that's what it is. It's it's the last war. It's the last fight that will take place on the earth. When will Armageddon take place? Uh, The war of Armageddon will occur at the end of the seven-year tribulation period that we've been studying now for a couple months On Sunday mornings. Remember, the tribulation period is that seven year period. It's at the end of human history when God finally judges the earth. And He judges the earth for its rebellion and for its rejection of Jesus Christ. And it lasts for seven years. And we've been looking at it, it's described in chapters 6 to 19 of the book of Revelation. So this battle, this war, will take place at the very end of the seven-year tribulation period. Uh, And the the battle of Armageddon, or the war of Armageddon, will not be one single battle. Uh, Sometimes we think of it that way. I think it's very common for us to think of it as one battle that takes place at the very end, and this one decisive battle settles everything. Everything. Uh, It's not one battle. It's a series of battles. It's a campaign of battles. It's a war. Uh, In fact, if you're taking notes in verse 14, uh, when it says uh, that uh, to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty, that's Armageddon, the great day of God Almighty, that word battle there, the Greek word, it, it means war. Uh, or a campaign of wars. It doesn't. It doesn't refer to a single fight or a single battle. There's a different Greek word for that. The word itself is telling us that it's it's a campaign. It's a war that will take place uh, at the end of the tribulation. Uh, Armageddon will be centered in three uh, geographic locations. Uh, it will be in. The Valley of Megiddo, which we'll talk about more in a minute. It will take place in Jerusalem. And it will take place in Basra, or Edom, which is modern-day Jordan. So that's, that's where it's going to happen. In Megiddo, in Jerusalem, and in Basra. And we'll talk more about that in a few moments. Uh, some commentators believe it will last for, for only a few days, Some believe it will last for a few weeks uh, and others believe that the the war of Armageddon will last uh, the entire second half of the tribulation period, three and a half years. We don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us. It just tells us about the battles that will take place in the war of Armageddon but it doesn't give us a timeline or a time frame for it. So we don't know how long this war will last. The war of Armageddon will be followed by the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Antichrist and his armies are going to gather, and they are going to invade Israel for the purpose of destroying the Jewish people. And Jesus Christ will come to rescue the people of Israel. And so the War of Armageddon is the event that prompts the return of Jesus Christ to the earth. And Jesus Christ will come literally, physically to the earth. He will destroy the Antichrist and his armies. And he will establish his kingdom on the earth and rule over the earth. And we're going to see that when we get to chapter 19 uh, at some point in the future uh, when we get there. Uh, so So the two climactic events of the tribulation period will be the battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's where all of this is leading to. Uh, several weeks back, uh, one of you asked me kind of about all of this tribulation stuff that we've been studying, and you asked, well, we're not really going to be here for that. that you know, what, why are we studying it? Well, these are the events that are leading up to the second coming. Uh, and so this, this just gives you context of when Jesus Christ returns. And so the, the two big events in the tribulation will be the Battle of Armageddon, followed by the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we've talked about the what, what is it, what is Armageddon? We've talked about when, it's at the end of the tribulation period. We've talked about where, Megiddo, Jerusalem, Basra. We're going to talk more about that in a few moments. Now, who, who will be involved in this war? Well, Scripture indicates that except for a small remnant of believers in Jesus Christ, all of the nations of the world will gather for the battle of Armageddon. And we've had two world wars in the 20th century, and there will be at least one more world war, the war of Armageddon. If you look at verse 12, we see that the sixth angel, these are the, uh, the bold judgments that we've studied through last week, the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates. Now the Euphrates River begins in eastern Turkey and it flows through Syria into Iraq, and then it joins up with the Tigris River. Uh, so that just that gives you some geography. And its water was dried up, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And so verse twelve we see that the kings from the east. They will come, they will join the Antichrist and join forces with the Antichrist in this this battle, this great day of God Almighty, the Battle of Armageddon or the War of Armageddon. And here when it it mentions the kings of the East, it's not referring to the Far East uh, as is often interpreted. Uh, The Bible, when it talks about the East... It's not talking about the Far East. It's not talking about China or North Korea or any other country in the Far East. The East, for the Bible, are the lands just beyond the Euphrates River, uh, where the Babylonian Empire was, where the Assyrian Empire was, where the Persian Empire was located. You know, the area uh, uh, that's known as Mesopotamia, that's the East. In Matthew chapter 2, the wise men came from the East, to worship the baby Jesus, the one born the king of the Jews. You guys remember the Christmas story. See how I tied that in? So smoothly, seamlessly, right? Put anything up here. I'll tie it into the Bible, right? But the kings of the east. The kings of the east that came to worship the one born the king of the Jews, Jesus Christ. They weren't from the far east. They were from the region of Babylon. Babylon where the children of Israel had been held captive for 70 years. That's how they knew about the Messiah that was to come, this one that would be born, the King of the Jews, who came to be the Savior of the world and to offer himself as a sacrifice for the sins of man, to reconcile man and God. And so they're from the region of Babylon. So verse 12 here is referring to Uh, the armies that are from that area just beyond the Euphrates River. Today, we're talking about modern Iraq, modern Iran in particular, uh, Georgia, Armenia. And again, these armies are going to gather to go to war to destroy the Jewish people, to attack the nation of Israel. And if you watch the news, it's not hard to conceive of Iran getting involved in a war to destroy the nation of Israel. They talk about doing that all the time. So this is what's going to take place at the end of the tribulation period. And all the nations will participate in this war of Armageddon. If you look at verse 16, Verse 16 says that they will gather together in a place that is called Armageddon. Uh, the word Armageddon, it literally means the hill or the Mount of Megiddo. Uh, so that's where all of these, these armies, the armies of the world, will gather together and, um, and assemble in, uh, at Megiddo, in the valley of Jezreel. There in northern Israel. Megiddo is a real place. It's a real geographic place in northern Israel. It's 50 miles north of Jerusalem. It's about 10 miles south of Nazareth. And Nazareth actually sits on a ridge overlooking the Jezreel Valley and Megiddo. Which is interesting to consider that Jesus Christ grew up in Nazareth. And so out his back door he could see the Valley of Armageddon. You know, as he grew up, it's, uh, it's 20 miles long, it's 15 miles wide, it's this flat area, and all of the armies of the world will amass there for this final battle. When we, when we travel to Israel, we've got a, a trip planned for next summer, we go to Megiddo, it's one of our first stops. We go to Megiddo, we stand on that tell, uh, we, we look out over the Jezreel Valley, we talk about the War of Armageddon. It's important for us to understand the significance of Megiddo and the fact that this final battle that the troops amass first at Megiddo. Megiddo, as I said, it sits on the edge of the Jezreel Valley. And Megiddo is a very ancient city. When Moses, if you remember the Old Testament, Moses sent the 12 spies into Israel, into the Promised Land, to spy out the land. You guys remember that story? And they went from one end of the promised land to the other end. And they came back with their report. When Moses sent in the 12 spies, Megiddo was already 1,000 years old. And when those 12 spies came back and said, there's walled cities in the land, Megiddo was one of the walled cities.
1: You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan.
2: It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com.
1: Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: It was already there for a thousand years when the children of Israel showed up uh, with, with Moses. It, Megiddo, more importantly, uh, it is a very strategic city in the ancient world. It is maybe the most strategic city in the ancient world. Uh, If the ancient world were a monopoly board, Megiddo would be boardwalk. It is the most valuable piece of real estate in the ancient world. Why? Because if you think about geography, or if you look at the map in the back of your Bible, uh, if anybody's traveling over land from Europe to Asia or Africa, they have to pass through Israel. Uh, Israel is called the land between. It's the land bridge that connects the three continents, Europe, Africa, Asia. They all meet in Israel. Anybody traveling between those three continents, they have to pass through Israel and they have to pass by the city of Megiddo. Uh, So Megiddo was a very strategic city in the ancient world because Megiddo controlled travel and Megiddo controlled commerce. And so whoever controlled Megiddo Controlled the economy of the world. You controlled trade. Uh, in, in the Old Testament, when Solomon was king, uh, remember Solomon became the richest man in the world. Uh, and Solomon was so rich that he didn't even, it says that uh, silver was as common as rocks in Israel. And Solomon didn't even bother to count the silver because he had so much gold. You know, who wants to waste their time with silver when you got so much gold, right? Uh, how did Solomon become rich? Well, if you read through the text, it tells us that Solomon fortified Megiddo and then Hazor and then uh, uh, Gezer. And those are all three cities that were on the trade route that passed through the land of Israel. So what Solomon did is he basically took control of the trade routes and the commerce that passed through his land. And that's how he became the richest guy. He was like, you know, the Amazon of the ancient world. So anybody that's buying anything or, you know, selling anything, you're doing it through King Solomon. And you're passing it through his land. If you want to get stuff from Africa to Europe or to Asia or vice versa, you got to pass by Megiddo. And so whoever controlled Megiddo in the ancient world, you controlled the world. And so it's fitting, in a sense, that the last war which will be for control of the world. It's fitting that the last war happens and begins at Megiddo. Because this war is going to be over who controls the world. Is it going to be man? Or is it going to be Jesus Christ? Who's going to be king? Is man going to be his own king over the earth? Or is Jesus Christ going to be king over the earth? And so it begins at Megiddo. Now, Uh, Again, at the end of the tribulation period, all the armies of the world will amass their forces together in the Jezreel Valley near uh, the city of Megiddo. Uh, Much like uh, the allied forces amassed their troops in England before the the D-Day invasion, when they invaded Europe, all of the armies of the world will amass their troops in the valley of Jezreel near Megiddo to to go into this last great war in human history. From there, from Megiddo in the north, the Bible tells us they will move south to Jerusalem. And the Antichrist and his armies will move south and they will attack the city of Jerusalem. If you remember back in chapter 12, again, uh, uh, Satan will make war against the Jewish people. We saw that in chapter 12, using the Antichrist and the false prophet, And so we see that they're going to attack the city of Jerusalem and the Antichrist is going to take the city of Jerusalem. If you want to turn back with me to Zechariah chapter 12 in the Old Testament, Zechariah chapter 12. So if you're familiar with the geography of Israel or if you look at the map in the back of your Bible, Megiddo's in the north. The army is going to move south to Jerusalem, 50 miles south. And then beyond that, they're going to move even further south and east to Basra. But here's Zechariah chapter 12, verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord against Israel. Thus says the Lord, who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples. When they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone, look what it says, for all peoples, not just for the Babylonians or the Assyrians or the Persians or the Romans, but for all people, all who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces. Look what it says, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. So all the nations of the earth will gather against Jerusalem to destroy it under the Antichrist. Turn over to chapter 14 of Zechariah, verse 1. Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, and your spoil, your plunder, will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. This is the battle of Armageddon. For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from this city. So all the nations will gather to battle against Jerusalem. Jerusalem will be conquered under the Antichrist. The people in Jerusalem, the Jewish people, will be brutalized by the Antichrist and his army. And then after conquering Jerusalem, the Antichrist and his army will march south and east to the area of Basra, or Edom, which is in modern-day Jordan. Now, why would the Antichrist go to Basra? Why would he invade Basra or Edom? The reason is because the Jewish people will flee into Basra for safety from the Antichrist. Uh, if you go back to Revelation chapter, look back in chapter twelve. Revelation chapter twelve, verse six. Do you remember? This is when it talked about symbolically. It talked about the dragon and the woman and the child. Do you guys remember that? Anyone? Some of you. Let's go back to Revelation chapter one, verse one. Let's just start over. Right? No. No. Remember in chapter twelve, there was the dragon who was Satan. The woman was Israel, the Jewish people. And the child was Jesus Christ, right? The child born to the Jewish people, Jesus Christ. And remember back here in chapter 12, verse 6, Then the woman, which is Israel, the Jewish people, fled into the wilderness, into the desert, where she has a place prepared by God, that they should feed her there 1,260 days. That's three and a half years, basically, the second half of the tribulation period. So the the Jewish people are going to flee into the desert for safety. They're going to flee from the Antichrist. Uh, In verse 14, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the presence of the serpent. The serpent is Satan, who's working through the Antichrist at this point. Um, in Matthew 24, if you want to turn there, you can. Matthew 24, uh, this is the Olivet Discourse. This is when Jesus is talking about the end of the age and his second coming. And again, we've, we've talked about these verses uh, recently. Matthew 24, verse 15 Jesus speaking, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Remember we talked about that, the Antichrist and the false prophet. They're going to make an image, an idol. They're going to place it in the holy of holies in the temple and demand that everyone worship this image of the Antichrist. That's the abomination that makes desolation that Daniel spoke of. Then let those who are on Judea, or in Judea, so that's the area around Jerusalem, flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house, and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes And so here Jesus says, when you see that happen, which is going to happen at the midway point through the tribulation period, when you see that happen, those of you that are living around Jerusalem, run for your lives, run to the mountains. And he's referring to the mountains down in Edom. Let him who's on the housetop, don't go back down into your house, take anything out of your house, don't try to pack a bag, just start running. Verse 19, but woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days, because that's going to slow you down. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath day. Pray that it doesn't happen in the winter because they're going to be fleeing down into the desert, into the wilderness, and the winter is the rainy season. And when it rains in Israel, the rain causes flash flooding down in the desert. He asked me how I know
0: and I say, bring sure the
1: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Revelation, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Many questions might arise as you listen to these messages about the end times. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410 491 4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-changing news that they might not hear anywhere else. This is a tremendous opportunity to reach people who are lost and without a Savior. We value your prayers for these important messages that are going out. Pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would greatly multiply because of the truth of His Word. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to CalvaryEC.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on this peculiar book of the Bible, Revelation is one of the many that are curious about but find it hard to understand. We trust that God's giving you some clarity by listening to Ring of Truth.
0: I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes